Welcome, everybody, to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights about life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your co-conspirator and head of Key Exploration. I'm a professional coach, a facilitator, and inspirational speaker who seeks to inspire meaningful conversations to move people, communities, and organizations forward. What you've just opened up is an A volume. It's an extension of the previous conversation where I take a deeper dive into one or more of the keys dropped. In this case, it's a compliment to volume 20 with co-conspirator Justin Foster. This is volume 20A, but let me back up for just a second. Dropping Keys is the title of a poem by Hafez, a 14th century mystic and poet, and this is where the podcast always begins. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. Now, of course, if you haven't listened to Volume 20, I invite you to go back and engage that conversation that I had with Justin. These conversations take on a different kind of life when I go back and hear them a second time and listen for the keys that I might have missed or things that I didn't quite hear the first time. I'm so grateful for my co-conspirators and would love for you to recommend more to me. So drop me an email at joel at joelmorgan.com. And if you love this podcast, if you're enjoying it, or even you just like it a little bit, give it some love by going to joelmorgan.com backslash pay and just drop in five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever you think it's worth and help to support the production of this podcast without commercials, except this one, of course. For talking with Justin, and I went back and listened again, the song kept coming in my head. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. Because Justin said something that I found interesting, and I've actually said myself before. Love isn't a feeling. Just let that sink in for a moment. Love isn't a feeling. Now, if you listen to any songs you know, on your Spotify playlist or wherever you listen to songs these days, I happen to find a lot of different songs when I do my workouts online. And all of them, all of the love songs, or all of them seem to be love songs, number one. And number two, all of them seem to think that love is a feeling. Now let's back up just a in the Greek language, there are three words for love, at least. The first one is eros. And that's that very sexual, ooey-gooey kind of, I want you lustful kind of love. That kind that we see depicted in art and all over the place. And the kind that we find in our songs. Then there's phileo, which it's sort of a funny sounding kind of word, but once you figure out that it is the basis for the name of Philadelphia or the city of brotherly love, you'll understand what it means. The leo is like that kind of camaraderie kind of love. Like this is my, this is my person, but this isn't the person that I sleep with. That kind of I'll, I'd go to war with you. I'd walk hand in hand with you. I'd walk side by side with you. I'd do this with you kind of love. And then, of course, there's agape love, which is an unconditional love. And it's something that we heard preached about, especially in Christian churches, quite a bit. 
that kind of love is the kind of love that God has for us, according to Christianity. Now, Justin talked a little bit about love, and he talked about the way that he heard love from a football coach. And I love his description of the football coach. You know, one of these old school football coaches that wore his all polyester, too short shorts, a little too tight with the the double snap buttons in in the front. And it was just a little too um, tight and revealing. But he got up behind a podium and he said, we're here to love these boys. And he meant that in the best possible way because he said it this way, love is 100% commitment to another person's well-being. Love is 100% commitment to another person's well-being. Justin went on to say that there's no guile in it. 1 Corinthians 13 gets overused in wedding services. It really wasn't made for that, but I encourage you to go read it again and think about what it has to say about love and to see if you think that love is a feeling. Justin said, if it's conditional, it isn't love. And he also said that love reorders what you think is important. As he shared about his thoughts about love, I began to think about Tony Robbins a little bit and his teaching on four levels of love. Now, I'm not sure where Tony got it or if he came up with this on his own, but here's what Tony says in my paraphrase about levels of love. The first level is like a baby kind of a love. It, it always wants its own way. Uh, whenever it needs something, it cries. And so as, as, long as, you, as long as you feel that need, as long as you give, then it's going to take. And there are people that never get beyond this. You know those kinds of people. They just take and they take and they take and they take and they never give back. That's a baby kind of love. And let me tell you what, there are some people who are in that kind of a love relationship and they seem to be just fine with it. We sort of make fun of it in, you know, with the sugar mama or sugar daddy kind of comments. But that is something that's pretty real for some people. The second level of love is what Tony Robbins called horse trading kind of love or whoring kind of love. It's a contractual kind of love. It's a tit for tat. It's a scorekeeping kind of love. It's a quid pro quo transactional kind of love, meaning I do this for you, you do this for me. If I do this for you, you'll do this for me. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. There's, there's always a scorecard. There's always something going on. And you probably have this in some friendships, that every time someone gives you a gift, you're like, oh my gosh, we've got to get them a very similarly priced gift or else something bad is going to happen. A lot of people's relationships, their love relationship, their main person relationship stays on this level. There's always some kind of scorecard. Or the question is, what have you done for me lately? Well, I'll take the kids this week if you take them next week. We do things because we're obligated, it's contractual, it's back and forth. Now, I'm going to say that there are many times in, in a marriage or, or in that kind of relationship where, where you have to have this kind of uh, quid pro quo, right? Like, like you do do some horse trading because sometimes some of the things that you're doing, you're, you're not really all that excited about. And, and you do want to make some trades or make some agreements around them to get them done. And that's just fine. 
But if that's all your love is, then it's sort of on this second level and it's probably not all that satisfying. It definitely doesn't meet the criteria of being 100% commitment to another person's well-being and no guile and not having conditions and reordering what you think is important, as Justin said. The third level of love is where a lot of us would like to be or get to in our primary relationships. It really is an unconditional love. And it's a love that gives because it's who you are, not because of what you're going to get from it, but because I'm a person who gives. I'm a person who does this. People like us do things like this, meaning I'm willing to do whatever I need to do in a relationship just because I love my person. I care about them. It also helps in that kind of third level of love kind of relationship when, when you're pretty sure that the other person also has that kind of regard, that they're willing to do whatever it takes in the relationship to make it work, that it isn't conditional upon you doing something else. And this unconditional kind of love does reorder what you think is important. It puts other people first. It, that commitment to somebody else's well-being comes first and foremost. You're not necessarily just looking out for yourself. You're not doing something so you can get something, but you're caring for the other because of who you are in the relationship. It's kind of a cool thing when it happens, when you just do things and you're not upset because it didn't get recognized or any of those kinds of horse trading kinds of ideas. And so it's something, I guess, that we could aspire to, but also just seek to live into. And then in Tony Robbins' teaching, there's a fourth level that's called sort of a spiritual kind of love, which is, is really something uh, like Gandhi or Mother Teresa or Jesus, the Buddha, I suppose, that it really is a love that just is pure in a sense. It gives of itself even when it's under persecution. I won't talk about much about that in terms of our context today. Unconditional love, that third level, and the kind of love I think that Justin was talking about is the kind of love that doesn't just leave us where we are. When we love in this way and are loved in this way, we're always seeking to find more ways to express that love. You know, there's that old saw that a lot of men in heterosexual relationships, well, she wants, she makes me want to be a better person. Well, to me, that's that could be that unconditional kind of love because when I'm loved in that way and, and when, when in my being, I'm the kind of person in the relationship that just wants to express that love for, for, my, for the other person, 100% commitment to their well-being, it makes me want to get better. It does reorder what I think is important. I want to be a better human. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better lover. I want to be a better coworker. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better whatever it is because that love is changing me. It's reordering what I think is important. It's not conditional. It's 100% commitment to somebody else's love isn't a feeling. Now, all this time, I've been talking about love directed outward. So I want us to stop for just a minute. I want you to think about this definition of love not being a feeling of love is 100% commitment to well-being, that it's not conditional and it reorders what 
we think is important. And I want us to think about applying it to ourselves. What if the care that we have for ourselves, the love that we have for ourselves is 100% commitment to our well-being? That we're 100% committed to us being well. How would that change and reorder our priorities? Would I eat all those chocolate chip cookies? Would I drink that next double? Would I um, look at that other person in a certain way? Would I be tempted to be angry and to bite someone's head off? If I was loving myself, would I talk to myself in my own head in the way that I do if I had 100% commitment to my own well-being, if I loved myself unconditionally? Because that kind of love for self reorders what we hold to be important for ourselves. It's not conditional. Just imagine that, that the love you have for yourself isn't conditional. It isn't based on whether you did a great job this week in your workouts or how good you've been or how you've been sticking to this plan or how many chocolate chip cookies you ate last night. What if it just is that strong commitment and regard for your own well-being that no matter what you do, no matter how you act, you're always putting it through the lens of caring for yourself, wanting to be better, and doing everything for your own well-being if you were going to love yourself, that it's not based on a feeling that love for yourself, and then maybe in those primary relationships and for others, is just a fact. It's not a feeling anymore. So as you consider this, I maybe there's a couple of questions to ask. Are you still making deals with yourself? If I do this, then I can get that. If I get all of this done, then I can have that drink. Ask the question, is this thing that I'm doing, this deal, I'm making, is this about my well-being? Or is this just another way to punish myself? Is your self-love like a baby, right? It's all taken, no give, meaning you're, you're doing what you can, but it's never good enough. You're never going to really love yourself in a true way because you're never going to be good enough. Or is loving yourself changing who you are, helping you move toward being better, better toward yourself, better toward others for your own well-being? Are you loving yourself because of who you are as you are? And then is that love drawing you forward? So I'm going to invite you just to spend some time thinking about this statement that this key that Justin dropped. Love isn't a feeling. And now every time you listen to one of those love songs, you're going to be arguing with them. Love it. Thanks, Justin. And thank you for listening to volume 20A of Dropping Keys. You can always find me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Joel Robert Morgan on LinkedIn. You can find my book every single day on my website or on Amazon. Drop me a note if this podcast connected with you. And this week, today, right now, may the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. Until next time, everybody.